are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day. I am your host, your pal, in the Kid Copied Off in Math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL, and you can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. I also want to shout out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. Brian Peacock, he does Locked On 49ers. Matt Williamson, former NFL scout as well, doing a great job bringing you everything you need to know from the local, from the national, excuse me, angle. And today is the first one of a few podcasts that I'm doing from the great state of Minnesota. I'm home. And I'm here to watch some training camp, which means I'm on a portable setup, which means we are going to get a little bit more off the cuff, as uh, fun as that's going to be. And I know people seem to like those, so I'm sure that's good news to a lot of people. But what a jam-packed weekend we have to talk about. We have to talk about the injury that the uh, Vikings wide receiver core sustained. We have to talk about the situation at quarterback, what the Vikings are doing at quarterback. And I guess let's start with that. So. The Vikings are without most of their quarterbacks right now. In fact, late on Sunday night, they uh, placed Kirk Cousins, Kellen Mond, and Nate Stanley all on the COVID-19 reserve list. So the way this happened, Kellen Mond came down with a positive COVID-19 test, and because Kirk Cousins and uh, Nate Stanley were in the quarterback room with him, they were seen as high-risk close contacts, and that means that they have to be held out as well until they get enough positive tests. All the same uh, protocols as last year, minimum five days. If they never have any symptoms, if they never have a, a positive test, that would mean Kirk Cousins can return to practice on Thursday. If uh, he does get a positive test, it's harder. If he gets symptoms, it's got to be like you know 10 days or something. Um, so that's going to be something that uh, the, the Vikings have to deal with now for about a week. Now, you might notice that there is a name missing off of this list, and that is Jake Browning, who is not subject to any of these protocols because he's vaccinated, which would imply that uh, none of the other quarterbacks are vaccinated. We don't necessarily know with Kellen Mond because, of course, you can test positive for COVID-19 and be vaccinated. However, as a COVID-19 positive vaccinated I don't know if you actually have to get on, like, put on COVID-19 reserve in the same way that Cousins and Stanley would be. Either way, um, it, it's all kind of moot, right, because he's got a positive and that caused the kind of chain reaction. And the real big missing piece here is Kirk Cousins, who is unavailable. Um, and that obviously is, I mean, it's nice that this happens now, you know, but I mean, they haven't even put pads on yet. So it's kind of nice that this happens now before anything huge happens. But, of course... What if this happens again, right? Maybe, you know, uh, Nate Stanley didn't get it. What if Jake Browning gets a breakthrough infection and now nobody's vaccinated? Now you don't have any quarterbacks and you've got to trend out, trot out like a Kendall Hinton game. I think this is a big deal. And if you, like, COVID-19 costs teams games and you don't want to be the team that gets your, your uh, season ruined because of a COVID outbreak, that could have been prevented. Um, and Mike Zimmer echoed as much in a press conference. So they had on... Saturday night, they had a night practice. They brought all the family out. They had they didn't even have the pads on or anything, but they had a feature on NFL Network and everything. So this was kind of in the spotlight. I mean, this is now the Vikings are the guinea pig. We get a front row seat to finding out exactly what the COVID-19 impact is going to be on the 2021 season. We got to be the test run. And what happened was the show goes on. 
Jake Browning took all of the reps on Saturday night, which was like 80 passes, 37 in team drills. Um, and that, of course, is completely unsustainable. So they're going to actually bring in a couple of people for workouts on Monday. Uh, you all, might already know how those went by the time you're listening to this, but Jackson Erdman, a dirty dude, we actually talked to him in April, in an episode in April. Go listen to that. That was a really fun interview. As well as Case Cookus, who was a Northern Arizona quarterback for five years. Um, he had a couple of tryouts last year. He didn't make it. But he was kind of this like FCS guy that is a small small school guy. So a couple of small school quarterbacks basically coming in to be camp arms while the real roster comes in. But there are some far-reaching effects that are going to come of this. A, you have this huge availability concern with Kirk Cousins, which means the backup job gets a lot more important. And by the way, what better audition is there for that backup job than taking 80 reps under the lights on NFL Network, which is what Jake Browning did. We'll talk about how that went a little bit later. But also... This is going to have some effects on the roster elsewise. Obviously, Kellen Mond's roster spot isn't going to be in much question, but Nate Stanley kind of in a lot of trouble right now uh, because he's currently unavailable to compete for a job and hasn't been very good. And now there's two young upstart hopefuls that are going to be able to come in and possibly outplay him. Look, if Jackson Erdman or Case Cookis throws better than Nate Stanley, if I'm the coach, I'm taking one of those guys, especially if they're vaccinated, because I can rely on them. And there's not an availability concern. And I think, you know, the broader overarching thing is, you know, this time, Kellen Mond got COVID positive. Could have been a breakthrough infection. Could have been that he's not vaccinated. I don't know. I don't, whatever. I don't really care. But what if Nate Stanley gets it? What if Jake Browning gets a breakthrough infection? What if Kirk Cousins just gets COVID-19 and has to be out for two weeks? Who comes in? It's not going to be Kellen Mond if he's not ready. And he is not ready. He does not look better than Jake Browning, as at least according to what I've heard about camp so far excited to go look at it with my own eyes, which will happen today on Monday for the first time. Um, but is the, are the Vikings ready for that scenario? And I think it really depends on what you think about you know, what happened with Jake Browning. Um, another thing that kind of got snuck underneath there was the BC Johnson injury. Um, he suffered an injury on, I think, Friday in practice, maybe Thursday in practice. It was He was cutting. It was a non-contact injury. Everybody had feared ACL. Turns out ACL. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about how Jake Browning did in you know under these lights. But it was ultimately Saturday. It was a very weird day for the Vikings, a, a difficult day to cover them. Uh, but before we get into all the best tasting protein bar on the planet, it's Built Bar. Built Bar comes in nine delicious flavors, all coated in 100% chocolate. Some of those are like cookies and cream. Chocolate mint, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate raspberry, chocolate orange, a couple of coconut varieties. If you want to try them all out, this is my recommendation. Get the sampler box, which is two of each of the nine flavors, and you can get that at BuiltBar.com. Check into the Built Bar website as well. They have a bunch of delicious flavors that are like specialty, limited time only, so check back every once in a while. And it sounds like this is an indulgent treat that if you're trying to be good, if you're doing keto, you're trying to lose or maintain weight, maybe you can't uh, can't indulge. But au contraire, they are low-calorie, low-carb low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and they are so delicious to boot. So head on over to BuiltBar.com, and you can enter promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. All right, so moving on. Let's move off the quarterbacks for a second, but I'm going to circle back to that, so stick around. But I got to talk about the B.C. Johnson news because, so B.C. Johnson, I think it was Friday, Made a, a cut on a in, a in a wide receiver drill. I think he stepped a little too far outside or he slipped or something. Doesn't matter. He, he blew out his ACL. He went down right away, went into the locker room. It was the classic ACL thing where you have a glimmer of hope for a second, 
while he walks off under his own power and then he comes out in a big leg brace and then the next day you kind of find out, yep, he had an ACL tear. So he'll be out for the season. That is the first major loss for the Vikings in terms of injuries. That is like definitely a year-ending injury. Um, and that really sucks because BC Johnson was kind of cementing himself as a role player on this roster uh, over the last couple of years. He got the, the wide receiver three job, obviously, in the 2019 preseason as a rookie. Um, he kind of made good on that as a as a rotational guy. He filled in when uh, Adam Thielen was hurt in the middle of that season. He filled in admirably, and he really seemed to be kind of carving his place on the Vikings. And now there's all of this uh, the, these young, hungry guys looking to take that job while he's unable to defend it. And that's always the tragedy of injuries. But injuries in training camp are kind of a zero-sum game. One person's loss is another person's gain. And in this case, that gain might be K.J. Osborne, who has been having a fantastic OTAs. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, it could be Blake Prohl or Watt Filer, who have all um, been lining up more on the outside. Watt Filer has... Uh, lined up almost exclusively on the outside, despite being kind of small. Um, so I guess that's his game. It could be uh, a really good news for somebody like Dan Chisena, who's been looking for an opening, and if he can excel on special teams, he might be able to kind of make good on that roster spot. Or even somebody like Amir Abdullah, who might need the extra room to make the roster. It's like a special teams-only guy, because Kane Nwangwu has been taking reps above him on the depth chart, which is a great sign for him, by the way. Um, so there's a lot of stuff on the uh on, on the, the wide receiver side of the ball for for bc johnson though i mean it's just so unfortunate you gotta root for that kid right and hope that he can come back i mean he's still under contract rookie contract or something it's not like you know he's gonna go be released after this and then his career ends or anything he'll be able to try to make the team next year but it'll be you know t- try to make the team coming off an acl and nobody's gonna know what he is and it's gonna be hard to get an extension and all that stuff um, not that I don't know what kind of extension he was like in line for or whatever, but he, you know, had a, a chance uh, to, to maybe earn something. For me, BC was the primary backup wide receiver, which is a different job than wide receiver three. Wide receiver three to me is the guy that comes in in three wide receiver sets. That wasn't really BC Johnson to me. That was Chad Beebe more often. And, and then you have guys kind of gunning for that job. Um, like D.D. Westbrook is kind of now maybe gunning for that job, probably has that job. Um, and BC is the guy that comes in in relief or, you know, if, if a guy is gassed, if a guy's hurt, he, you know, BC's the guy that comes in and takes that rep. Um, and, and as the insurance policy and the difference, I think the big difference between those two roles is that as the primary backup, you have to be able to play both inside and outside. You can't be one or the other. And so, or, and mostly you have to play outside. You have to be able to replace outside. So that, you know, if you are missing Adam Thielen, they're really going to want to put Justin Jefferson in the slot. So your primary backup can't really be like a slot-only guy that kicks Justin Jefferson outside. You know, I want to be able to take advantage of slot corners and get good one-on-one matchups. If I'm down to just the one good wide receiver, I want to be able to put him anywhere that I want. Um, and so that job being filled means, you know, I'm, I'm not looking toward D.D. Uh, Westbrook or Chad Beebe to fill it. Those guys are going to be in the slot competing for that wide receiver three job, which is just a separate role. That's why I'm looking to, I guess, technically Dan Chisena, who's the guy with the most tenure, but and he like made the team, but obviously not the wide receiver. So techni- formally Dan Chisena, but mostly the undrafted guys. Um, and Amir Smith-Marset, who I haven't mentioned in this whole segment. Um, but, you know, Blake, uh, Myron Mitchell, Blake Prohl, and Watt Filer, and Amir Smith-Marset, are all, I think, in contention for that primary backup job. And it could be somebody like D.D. Westbrook, too, if you feel good uh, putting him outside more than Jacksonville did. Um, you know, Maybe you want to do that. Who knows? But 
either way, the wide receiver uh, room that was already kind of craving depth. And then for like nine seconds, we got depth. We had uh, B.C. Johnson and D.D. Westbrook and Amir Smith-Marset was looking pretty good. And suddenly K.J. Osborne comes like, oh my goodness, we actually might have to cut a good player. Now we're kind of back to that thinness. But let me talk about K.J. Osborne really quickly because uh, he has been exploding in this camp. He's been absolutely dominating. Um, and he, like on the first team as well. So basically what happened, he had a really strong spring and that was kind of the catalyst to him getting like bigger and better opportunities uh, in the like proper training camp. He did really good at OTAs and they basically came in and said, okay, make good on it. We're going to give you some wide receiver three reps, see how long you last in the role. And he has been making play after play after play after play. And he's making, been making plays on, you know, Cameron Dansley, Mackenzie Alexander and the you know, the principal cornerbacks, and that's really, really impressive, you know, in ways that rival and match what Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen have been able to do, um, and or at least, you know, look as though he belongs among that group. Not that he's, like, playing as well as those guys, because Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and you're not going to see a lot of headlines about it because it's not particularly new or novel, but do be advised, Jefferson and Thielen are doing insane stuff every single day, always. It's just that we expect that from them, so you're not going to hear much about it. Um, but K.J. Osborne is also doing really cool stuff, and we don't expect that, so you're going to hear more hype about him. Um, but how good would that be, right? K.J. Osborne wasn't ready as a wide receiver at all last year. He didn't get a single snap at wide receiver. And I, I, there have been some people that have been like, well, why didn't, why, how couldn't they be so wrong to not give K.J. Osborne, and look, he's so good, how can you have missed it? And look, I, we saw enough of it in the training camp before that. K.J. Osborne was terrible. And if he didn't have the return job, I don't think he would have made the team last year. Um, and so he's improved a lot. He went into the offseason. He trained with, like, Jarvis Landry and Justin Jefferson and kind of a whole crew of, like, people down there in Florida. Um, and he it seems like he put in the work, and it seems like he, he made a marked improvement. And if that continues and it's not just, like, a, a flash in the pan, then boom, there you go, and there's your group. And, and the group now, sans B.C. Johnson, makes room for K.J. Osborne, who would have had to be the sixth wide receiver uh, behind, you know, Thielen, Jefferson, we'll just count it off, um, D.D. Westbrook, Amir Smith-Marset probably making the team, and then you would have had B.C. Johnson as number five, and then you would have been, you know, K.J. Osborne as number six, or like Dan Chisina, or one of the undrafted guys that they really showed out. But if you remove B.C. Johnson from that group, now K.J. Osborne can be wide receiver five, and it's much more easy to justify keeping him in uh, uh, an offense that runs so much like 11, or so much uh, 21 and 12 personnel and so few three wide receiver sets, fifth wide receiver is a lot easier to justify keeping than the sixth one. Um, and if there is this big kind of drop off between those five guys and then the rest of the group, then this decision gets really easy and you got a, a roster you can feel okay about. Um, but look, D.D. Westbrook, a, a rejuvenated K.J. Osborne, and uh, Amir Smith-Marset, who has been able to show enough flashes to me to say, yeah, I think he gets a job. Um, that is, I think, depth that I can feel at least okay about. I feel a lot better about that as depth than I felt about, you know, the days of when it was, like, Laquan Treadwell and Alexander Hollins, who I still maintain was wronged, and, uh, you know, like, Aldrich Robinson or whoever. Like, I feel a lot better about this group than I do about those old groups. Though it's not great, you still kind of have Thielen Jefferson and some dudes, but at least this time you have some dudes instead of some uh, mistakes. Yes. Um, speaking of mistakes, um, it's gambling season. <laughs> it's time to go out there and gamble. And if you're looking for a website to gamble on, 
look no further than betonline.ag. BetOnline is a one-stop shop for all things Grambling. They have all sorts of NFL futures. They have Vikings right now at nine wins over under. Uh, they have the Vikings, I think, are like plus 120 to make the playoffs, or slight underdogs to make the playoffs if you want to bet on that, um, and bigger underdogs to win the division if you want to bet on that. And you can also bet on the Olympics. You can bet on the Lynx. You can bet on the Twins. You can bet on what's going to happen to the Wolves and, and Wild next year. Anything you can dream of, you can find on betonline.ag. And when you make an account, you make an account for free, that's all easy. And when you make the account, you make your first deposit, you can enter promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word. You get 50% uh, matched in your first deposit. So that means uh, as your welcome bonus, let's say you put in 500 bucks as your first deposit, you would actually have 750 total to gramble with because you get 250 bucks in free play money courtesy of betonline.ag just for putting in the promo code LOCKEDON on your first deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So let's talk about, I think, the biggest news over the weekend, which was the result of, or I guess we'll talk about the second biggest news of the weekend, which was the result of the first biggest news of the weekend. So after all of this COVID stuff, no quarterbacks available except for Jake Browning. Jake Browning gets this like godly audition to be the backup guy. And here's the thing. What's, what's in a backup quarterback, right? A backup quarterback doesn't need to be a starting quality quarterback, right? If he was a starting quality quarterback, he'd be starting somewhere. So I don't think it's reasonable to expect your backup quality to just come in and be, you know, a middling quarterback in the league or be, you know, a top 15 quarterback in the league or anything like that. So we can put up with some blemishes, is I guess what we're saying here. Jake Browning's profile, you might not know a lot about it because why bother evaluating Jake Browning until now, right? He was always just like the fourth guy doing handoffs or whatever. And the dude that like Washington State fans aren't really that high about, like that's kind of, I, I, I forgive you for skipping that one. Um, so to catch you up, Jake Browning's uh, whole scouting report, I guess, is that he was reasonably accurate. His deep balls die on him. His intermediate balls, I think he has to put too much juice on, and then that means it's really hard for him to be accurate, so he has these accuracy issues. But he's largely a smart kid, and that's enough to get you in the door, right? And that, I think, is exactly what was on display on uh, Saturday night as he was throwing. He was... Um, and, and here's the thing, as a backup, that's a package you can kind of put up with. Look, he's not going to throw 50-yard bombs on a rope and, and take, take your team to the promised land. But if Kirk Cousins is in COVID protocol and you need a guy to limp you through two weeks and go one and one, then somebody who can just operate the offense and know what's going on generally is kind of all you need. Um, that's what Sean Mannion always was. He was just a dude that could, like, he can, he can operate the offense. He doesn't have a lot of shining talent. He doesn't have, like... Uh, you know, this really explosive arm. He doesn't have the explosive runaround ability. And I love a backup. Like, I would love it if Kellen Mond were the backup and he just comes in and, like, Joe Webb's this, right? You know, a backup that adds an element that is completely unfounded that if you do twist an ankle and you need the backup to come in for a drive, you're getting an entirely different package out of that and the defense totally is unprepared for that. I love that idea. But barring that, and if we really wanted that, we'd just put Kellen Mond in and have him run read option like he did at AM, right? Sure. Um, and that, like, if we want that, we can do that. But with Jake Browning, you can operate roughly the same offense and he's got enough move on the pocket. He can like do a bootleg and stuff. Um, you know, he's not going to be like Kellen Mond where he houses a, a, a long one or anything like that. Like Kellen Mond's legs are really exciting and athletic. Um, but it's good enough for Jake Browning. Um, and he'll do a bootleg and he can hit a wide open receiver and not ruin that play for you. 
the the thing is, and this is the thing that it's hard to tell from the distance that we have to watch at, uh, especially when you're not actually there, which I'm remedying that, okay? Um, but the the thing we have to kind of watch out for is, was he making read mistakes? Was he operating the offense as a whole? Or was he locking into first reads? Was he, check, you know, was he uh, responding poorly to pressure? Was he... Um, you know, or was he just kind of uh, like staring guys down and not really like running the offense the way an offensive coordinator wants you to? Was he going through his progressions or not? And for that, I have no idea. But if we give him the benefit of the doubt there, it was a good performance. He started out the night kind of overthrowing guys, kind of deep balls were dying on him. But by the end of the night, he was throwing ropes and he had clearly kind of warmed up and gotten more comfortable in it. I would chalk the first part of it up to, to nerves if you if you, you know if he said yeah I was really nervous for the first half and then I settled down and then I got a lot better and I think I'll be a lot better from here on out I would probably believe him uh, if he said that and that's really exciting and here's the thing I think I don't think he played great but I think he played well enough I really do I think he was already kind of in line to be the favorite for the QB two job and if you're going well what about Kellen Mond Kellen Mond's not ready he's not even close to being ready to play NFL quarterback. Put Kellen Mond in the slow cooker and forget about him until Saturday morning. You know, like he's he's ribs. He needs to cook slowly. Don't rush Kellen Mond. If Kellen Mond is unavailable for that reason and you call it a redshirt year, he needs one. Then you basically had Jake Browning versus Nate Stanley, and Browning is clearly better than Stanley. And again, Stanley in a lot of trouble right now uh, because I think Stanley's best shot at the roster was being the guy that is available and the guy that is you know able to kind of come in at the end of a uh, you know, a long game or, you know, come in when there's a COVID problem and Kirk Cousins can't come and just run the offense and, and, and you can construct some kind of game plan that'll give you a ghost of a chance in, in, a, in a game or two, right? Now, if Kirk Cousins blows out his ACL and you need this guy for 14 weeks, that's not good enough. But for a week or two, you can limp through and maybe try to steal a win there and your season didn't go belly up. That's what you need from a backup quarterback. And I think, I think you can get that from Jake Browning. Um, Mike Zimmer, I should mention his thoughts on the whole matter. Um, so uh, Mike Zimmer did a press conference before practice, and he was like visibly frustrated, and his he did not mince words about how frustrated he was with this. And he basically has, has, has said, like, look, availability makes you smart. Jake Browning is smart, and he is available. You need that in a backup quarterback. And it seemed like a direct shot at, at Nate Stanley, like specifically, because it was like, you need to be available to be a backup quarterback. Glares at room of only one guy and one other guy in line to really be the backup quarterback. Um, and you know, and he expressed his frustration, his disappointment with you know, the players that didn't get vaccinated and stuff. Um, there, there's a lot of rumor about who else isn't vaccinated. There's a lot of talk, you know, a lot of speculation that Thielen isn't vaccinated or Harrison Smith isn't because they wouldn't refuse to ask uh, to answer questions I don't think that refusing to answer a question is necessarily that informative um like I, I don't think that if you were vaccinated and you said yes I am vaccinated like if you have you got to think from the player's perspective on that you know players are constantly taught to not really engage with the media unless they absolutely have to or they know it's absolutely safe to but the last thing you want to be is a headline. And even if you say you are vaccinated, you are now a headline. And that is not going to be good press. That's not going to be good for the, your chances of endorsements. It's not going to be good in your coach's eyes and stuff. They just don't want to talk about it. And the fact that they don't want to talk about it doesn't necessarily tell me that they're not vaccinated. 
So I don't know, and I don't really care to like speculate. I I don't let the people with sources do that, right? Let the beat reporters go investigate that, and we'll take what they what they come out with. Um, but barring all that, you know, this seems like it's going to be an issue of availability. And Mike Zimmer stressed the importance of availability. Um, and and you know, I I don't really like the saying uh, the best ability is availability because I think injuries are mostly luck, and usually that's talking about injury luck. This is not luck. This is a conscious decision. If you want to put yourself at risk for not being available, you're going to have a worse shot at a, at a roster spot like Nate Stanley. You're going to have a worse shot. Um, you, you know, you're going to be in in less of the good graces of the team that is is paying you. Like with Kirk Cousins, like you best believe this this affects the extension talks that are going to happen at the end of the season. Um, you are losing ground to guys like Jake Browning in the case of Kellen Mond, losing ground in your development that is so crucial. Um, it is something that adversely affects your football team, bar none. And that's not an opinion about vaccines. That is a fact of the matter here. It is a factor in the decision that players are making here. Um, And Mike Zimmer said as much, and I'm pretty much just echoing that sentiment. So if you want to risk not being available, uh, then I guess you can go for it. That's not illegal. Nobody's forced it. There was a lot of talk about like, NFL forcing vaccines on people. I'm not forcing anybody to do it, but if you're not vaccinated and then you're exposed to COVID, well, it's a disease that spreads. So you can't be around people. That's how it works. And that's not going to change. So uh, for a lot of people like Nate Stanley, it might be get vaccinated or get cut. And look, Stanley might've gotten cut anyways. So I don't know how how much is is on the line there. Um, But when it comes to that, uh, it'll be fascinating to watch. But it doesn't seem like the Vikings are exactly leading the way here, and I find that pretty disappointing. Tomorrow on the show, I will bring you my actual observations of training camp. We'll actually be at a practice, and I'll be able to talk about it. Uh, and I'm really, really excited to do that, be up in, up in the nosebleeds, up in the cheap seats, and uh, be able to, to chat about what I see and uh, you know from, from the bird's eye view up there. So very, very excited for that. Also, I want to make sure that you guys check out the Locked on Bets podcast hosted by Lee Sterling, a handicapping expert, and your boy Q, uh, legend of the Locked on Network. Uh, those two guys are doing a great job breaking down everything you need to get grambling smartly. Uh, don't make mistakes like the segue that for the bet online ad was. <laughs> all right, that's enough of that. I'll see you all tomorrow. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Brown NFL, shows on Twitter at Locked On Vikings, and as always, scroll.